slow, be patient.
everybody. Um, at this time, in honor of Veterans Day, I would like to ask for those of you that have served to please stand as I read a uh, brief letter uh, by an unknown uh, author, but I thought it was very fitting. To understand a military veteran, you must know. We left home as a teenager for an unknown adventure. We loved our country enough to defend it and protect it with our own lives. We said goodbye to friends and family and everything we knew. We learned the basics, and then we scattered into the wind to the far corners of the earth. We found new friends and new family. We became brothers and sisters regardless of color, race, or creed. We had plenty of good times and plenty of bad times. We didn't get enough sleep. We smoked or we drank too much. We picked up good, both good and bad habits. We worked hard. We played harder. We didn't earn a great wage. We experienced the happiness of mail call and the sadness of missing important events. We didn't know when or even if we were going to see home again. We grew up fast, and yet somehow we never grew up at all. We fought for our freedom as well as the freedom of others. Some of us saw actual combat. Some of us didn't. Some of us saw the world, and some of us didn't. Some of us dealt with the physical warfare. Most of us dealt with the psychological warfare. We have seen and experienced and dealt with things that we can't fully des describe or explain, as not all of our sacrifices were physical. We participated in time-honored ceremonies and rituals with each other, strengthened our bonds and our camaraderie. We counted on each other to get the job done and sometimes to survive it at all. We have dealt with victory and tragedy. We have celebrated. We have mourned. We lost a few along the way. When our adventure was over, some of us went back home, and some of us started somewhere new. Some of us never came home. We have told amazing and hilarious stories to our exploits and adventures. We share unspoken bond with each other that most people don't experience and few will understand. We speak highly of our own branch of service and poke fun at other branches. We know, however, that if needed, we will be there for our brothers and sisters to stand together as one in a heartbeat. <clears throat> Being a veteran is something that had to be earned. It can never be taken away. It has no monetary value, but at the same time is a priceless gift. People see a veteran, and they thank them for their service. When we see each other, we give a little upward head nod or a slight smile, knowing that we have shared and experienced things that most people have not. So from myself to the rest of the veterans out there, I commend and thank you for all that you have done and sacrificed for our country. To remember the good times and make peace with the bad times. Share your stories. But most importantly, stand tall and proud, for you have earned the right to be called a veteran. Thank you. Have one more round of applause for those back. <laughs> um, I'm surrounded by vets. I'm blessed. Uh, most of my uncles, um, my new husband is a vet. My brother was a vet. And I'm just really excited that we get to celebrate them because just like Keith's uh, thing said, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was really bad, wasn't it? Could, could we record backwards a little? <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I just came off a woman's conference for Christ, and let me tell you, I am full of Jesus today. Let me tell you, I actually scared myself. So I think he only gave me one minute, so you're lucky. Um, um, first, I want to lift up in prayer. Um, Lisa prays and prayers for her son-in-law who became a doctor. Congratulations. And he has accepted a job in Boston, and they're going to be moving soon. The next grief share, Lisa, is scheduled for January, okay? Is she, oh, she's back there. I see her. Um, and I do, I want to praise the women that went to the conference. Um, I have never been so touched by Jesus. Um, it, we just had so many witnesses to what Jesus does, and it is amazing. And I know I want to thank Ernie today for inviting his friends who all just came in. I was so excited because we said, oh, they're all new, and they're with Ernie. So thank you, Ernie. Keep giving out those cards. Um, and I know there's some other new faces here today. Thank you for coming to our church and, and just being blessed by the Holy Spirit. Um, and now I'm going to bow my head and start praying because I think that's what I was supposed to do. Okay, as you all see, I brought these box, a box up so I wouldn't forget. Um, I do want to thank God for these Operation Christmas Child boxes that go out and touch the hearts of millions of young children and bless the hands that filled every one of them and anybody who took the time to bring in extra stuff to go in them. I want him to bless them. I do not know the number we got, but um, I do know that our church is super giving. So thank you, Jesus, for these boxes, and we pray that they go to the hands of a child who will accept our love and find Christian love in what we send them. I want to reach out to those who've sent prayer requests, and I do not have all the names, but you know who you are. We're going to lift you in prayer today. I want Jesus needs to be with someone here today that's having some financial issues. Don't stop. Don't let go. God's got this. He will take care of you. Be with those who can't be with, here, be with us here in church because they are still somewhat isolated and they're living in our canceled society, staying at home. Be with each of us here as Keith gives us a message today. Let the Holy Spirit fill him and just teach us to always be for Jesus because it's all about the love and sharing with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
So as you see, we have a lot of good stuff going on now. Obviously, I'm not Jack. I believe I'm a better looking version than Jack, but you know, that's... <laughs> but I will try to do my best in filling in for him. It's, it's a privilege that he asked me to, to step up and, and give some of my testimony the, this morning. Um, it's, a, it's not an easy one. It, it's really not. Um, but I want to start, you know, Jack, over the past few weeks has been talking about those those vampires, right? Those people that just kind of drain the life and suck the soul out of you and, and pull you in, in every which way spiritually. Um, for me, I could recognize those people, but for me, it was myself. I think a lot of, a lot of us don't realize the toll that our, our own mind plays on us as, as far as those, those different things as it happens. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up going to church. I've been to, been to church and stuff, but I didn't grow up in church and stuff. And I didn't really start going to church until I met my, my wife, Becky, who that was the stipulation of hers that if we were going to date that I had to, I had to go to church with her. So um, I said, okay. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but okay, you know, when you're young, you kind of do anything for the girl that you're going after, right? So, um, but as far as me, I, I, I deal with PTSD and anxiety and a constant state of situational awareness that is, is very tiring and it weighs on me a lot. It's, it's, it hypes up depression during this time of year when it starts to get dark and it, it's something that I, I don't like to say I suffer from because I've had to learn to recognize it. I've had to learn to deal with it. I've had to learn to continue living with the things that, you know, I'm, I'm now presented with. Um, so like I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up going to church and stuff. I, she asked me to start going to church with her to, you know, if that, that was her stipulation. And one of the other stipulations was that if I tried anything with her, that she was going to hurt me and never speak to me again. <laughs> understood that's 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 fair right and you know after almost 18 years of marriage it's still like that if I try to get frisky with her she still hurts me and rolls over and doesn't talk to me so you know it's it happens <laughs> so 18 18 years it's it's been amazing that she's kept me that long so for the first First part of our marriage was pretty rough. I, we were still young. I did a lot of things that I wasn't proud of. I had a very bad reputation when we first started dating. And she stuck with me. You know, I, I, I put, her, put her through a lot. And I'm thankful every day after that, that we're still married. We have three beautiful kids, you know, a great life. But it, again, it hasn't, it hasn't always been easy. You know, I, I've, I had a lot of growing up to do. It took me many, many years to understand that. I tried following her faith when it benefited me. But after years of some of my crap and putting up with my antics, she finally gave me the choice one day. Because I could tell you, I didn't want the responsibility of family 
or anything like that. I just wanted to have fun, live. I didn't want to work, you know. And heck, I should have known better. But she finally gave me the choice. Either I was going to straighten up or she was going to leave. She was going to take the kids and go. And I didn't want that. Honestly, as, as young and reckless as I was, I, that's not what I wanted. So I finally decided to go get some help. And I think it's gone okay so far. Just okay. Now in this time of me kind of doing my own thing and stuff, I, I did try to straighten up some. I did join the, the military. I joined the Air Force National Guard, which is the best branch, by the way. Go Air Force. <laughs> and it straightened me up some. You know, I, I did do some growing up in the military, and I got rid of some bad influence. I gained some more, but got rid of some. But it, it never really seemed to, to get me out of the pattern that I was accustomed to. I went through a lot of shifts and phases to try to figure out who I was. And I, I, I started to understand what I was hearing in church. But again, I, I really, I did it to what benefited me. And I really wasn't understanding the full, the full word of God and, and the impact that that could have on your life. But, you know, even the military didn't seem to really jolt me into being the man, the husband, the father that I really needed to be. It did, however, give me a new look at things. And after many years of living with my own anxiety, letting it get the better of me, I constantly, constantly thought I was failing. And I, I didn't understand at all it was that my own mind was taking on me and doing this with anxiety and all these different things. And to feel like you're a failure all the time is such a heavy weight. And not only did I, did, I, did I feel a failure myself, but I had everybody around me that was using me just to get something out of me. People I thought were friends and comrades. They just, again, they were those needy vampires, right, that just latched onto you and pulled everything, and they were the first ones there when I messed up. The very first ones to tell me I wasn't doing good or I needed to, to have a boot up my rear end. But... They were also giving me the ideas and kind of helping my, my brain feel that I wasn't a failure. For years, I listened to the people putting me down, stepping on me. And one night, I finally made a decision that I was done. I couldn't take it anymore. And not just done, done. And I just, you know, leave my family, take the, take the road out, but in the ground, done. I was done with life. I was done with everything. I chose one night when my family was away to make the decision to put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. It was the worst night and the best night of my life. 
I had nothing left but fear of failure, never being good enough for my own family, for the world, and for myself. So as I sat on the end of the bed, I put the gun in my mouth and I pulled the trigger. And what seemed like a lifetime went by. And I didn't know exactly what was happening. As far as everything I knew, I was gone. I had accomplished my mission. I was done. But I found out that God had different plans for me that night. Because the gun didn't go off. Everything was right. A lot of people have, find it hard to believe. I was a weapons instructor in the military. I knew what I was doing. And it didn't happen. I felt what, to me, felt like a hand on my shoulder and a weight lift, being lifted off the world. But I pulled that trigger and I heard it click. Later on, I actually took the round out of the gun and saw that the firing pin had actually struck the primer. But by God's hand, it didn't go off. Again, that's, that's probably one of the worst nights of my life. The moment that I regret the most. But a feeling of new, new life is an amazing thing. Like I said, a few things happened. I felt the hand on my shoulder. I felt the weight of the world lift. And I heard the sweetest voice of my daughter. See, I didn't know they had come home in the middle of all this. And my daughter was young. She just knew I was in the bedroom. They had went to the store, and one of the things that they always love to do when they went to the store is always stop by Rita's. Now, some people give me a hard time because I don't like Rita's. You know, that's like a staple of Northeast, and for, for whatever reason, I just never really cared for it. But I heard that knock on the door, and my little girl say, Daddy, Daddy, we got you Rita's. <laughs> and to this day, I mean, she's 16 now. To this day, <laughs> we pass Rita's. And she says, can we get some Rita's? I have a hard time saying no. <laughs> I really don't like Rita's. Out of all the problems and all the noise in my head, I was the hardest on myself. Out of all the people that tried to pull and tear and everything. It was me that was bringing me down. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. 
I will uphold you with my righteous hand. That means so much more to me. So much more. And like I said, I'm not Jack. I'm not sure if I get all the scriptures right. I, b- I believe in Isaiah, Isaiah that this is where the Israelites are, have just been through so much war and turmoil and they're losing their faith and they're finding false things to worship and, and stuff. And God still says, do not fear for I am with you. It took me a while to remember what my worth was. What I could contribute to my family, to the world, to God. I had forgotten it all. Now I'm sure that we've heard some version of the analogy of, you know, if I give you $100, what's it worth? It's worth $100, right? We know that that's worth $100. Now, if you take that $100 and you crumple it up, it's still worth $100, right? You take it, you stomp it on the ground, you throw it in the mud, you do everything you can to it, it's still worth $100. So is that what we're doing to our lives in our own heads, at least for me? That's what I was doing. I, was, I forgot how much I was worth. I was crumpling myself up. I was dragging myself through the mud, not realizing I still had worth. I still had something to give. But I can tell you, out of all of this, if you really think about it, we're that $100 bill, right? So what are we worth to God? We're worth the life of his son. We are worth that much that he will come down and put his hand on us to save us. To give up the life of Jesus so that we can be one day in heaven with him. If you get anything out of my story, I want it to be that, you know, to remember that that's what your worth is. You are worth the life of God's only son. Now I know this was a kind of a short message. You know, I didn't want to go too far into too, too many details and stuff because it really is heart-wrenching for me and for my family. And I can tell you one of, the, one of the greatest things about being here is I love playing the music. I love the worship experience. You know, when I got home from, from overseas, one of the things that connected me and my wife back together was music. And there's just certain, certain songs that still, still have that connection power for me. Um, one of them we're going we're gonna to sing here at the end here in a little bit. And it, it, to me, it kind of represents where I was at that moment in, in, in my life and stuff. I, you know, I saw a, uh, a post on Facebook from a friend of mine one time that also struck me. And it said, forgive me, Father, for picking up 
when I've already laid down at your feet. Because even with all this and knowing, I still have a habit of picking that back up. I still live with the PTSD, the depression, anxiety, the constant situational awareness, always on edge. But like I said, I've had to learn to live with it. I don't want to suffer from it anymore. And the good thing is, God says, you're going to go through trials. You're going to have a little bit of suffering. But he's going to be right there. I've had a lot of great influences in my life as well. And some very bad ones, but some good ones as well. I'm very happy to be here at this church. I'm very happy to be able to speak in front of you as, as tough as it is sometimes. You know, one of my, uh, one of my grandfathers and my father's and myself's favorite verse is John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And 17 goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That means so much more to me. And again, I thank you for letting me speak and give a brief version of my testimony. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the strength that you have given me. I thank you for this church. I thank you for my new friends family. I thank you for the ones that hold me accountable and continue to encourage me to not be so critical of myself. I thank you for keeping that weight back off my shoulders and to allow me to become the man, the husband, and father that you call me to be. And although I pick those things back up, I know you will always take them from me. In your name, amen.
can't give you what I can today. These scattered ashes that I hid away, I lay it all at your feet. From the corners of my deepest shame, the empty places where I've worn your name, show me the love I say I believe. Help me to lay it down. Oh Lord, I lay it down.
I thank you, everybody, for coming today. Again, it was a pleasure. I hope you have a blessed week. And I believe Jack has another. His next series is on Job, I believe. So I hope to see you all next week. Okay, now I'm a stage hog. Um, I just... Just wanted to announce, because I know we all read the announcements as they go by, next Thursday is our big Thanksgiving drive. We need hands-on, feet on the ground at Walmart with us in the morning to collect food and donations, and then we come back here and we're going to pack those bags. Our goal is 150. I think we're going to hit it. we got lots of turkeys coming into that freezer over there. But please, on your way out, there's two sign-up sheets. We do, do, do need your help to make it happen. Walmart in Northeast. Okay, but we do need hands and feet to help us do that. And we, it's Saturday, November. It's Saturday is the work day. What's the? Walmart at nine. Yes, we need your hands. Just. Yes, we'll take anybody's truck, or Jeep, not my car. 